You are listening to the Family Business Podcast, the podcast aimed at delivering insights to help your family business thrive. I'm your host, Russ Hayworth, and each week I'll be bringing you interviews from family businesses and their advisors from all over the world. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Well, hello and welcome to the Family Business Podcast. I am joined today by Leon Fear, who is a director at the Fear Group. Um, firstly, Leon, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Russ. Uh, and secondly, thank you for doing it in person. Um, it's not very often we have face-to-face interviews with, with the podcast. but Always it's nice to do things face-to-face absolutely. if you can. So, yeah. um, so for those in our audience that haven't um, heard of you and, and um, your story so far, could you give us a bit of a sure. background? As yeah, to- of, of course. Yeah, um, Fear Group is um, a business originally started by my dad. Uh, he started in 1969, mm-hmm. um, so we've been going quite a, quite a while. In fact, I think next year is his 50th year in business. Wow. Um, so, because he started sort of the year before, really, and, and effectively it became known as Fear Group from 1969. Mm-hmm. Um, Fear Group is uh, our primary interests are property, um, property investment and development, and strategic land. Mm-hmm. Um, the business is based on research. We have a research department, which my dad started 34 years ago this year, which basically tracks infrastructure changes, demographic changes, and it throws up strategic land opportunities for us wow, okay. um, and other business opportunities outside of that. But it's, it's primarily land-based. Okay. So um, the business originally started um, from, well, my dad started from a red, Phone box, mm-hmm. um, which um, <laughs> is, uh, is yeah, it's, uh, it's quite a long story. But he started from a red phone box on a council estate in Bristol. Uh-huh. Uh, his family didn't really have anything; they didn't didn't really have any uh, any money or anything particularly. And um, he originally started from from a phone box, um, not in property. The original right. business was actually a commercial com- uh, cleaning business. Okay, and uh, it started when he he used to do all sorts of jobs and get involved in all sorts of different things, trying to make money, and was hyperactive then and still is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he started by um, basically he used to do paper rounds and amongst all the other sort of jobs and things he did. And um, he used to read as he used to deliver the papers. He'd read everything, okay. and he's an avid reader and, and still is um, is now. And um, we had a, had an involvement with the British Library in London, uh-huh. um, where he was entrepreneur in residence at the British Library, and both he and I were ambassadors of the British Library until last year. Uh, and that, I think that comes from our you know love of of, of, of books mm-hmm. and education. Uh, where it's you know where it's relevant because he essentially educated himself really through reading very okay. little formal education so uh, because of that he was always reading everything and he um, he spotted an advert in the Exchange and Mart and um, which was to do <laughs> with, from the plan. yeah which was to do with um, a cleaning uh, compound being advertised that you could spray in hot ovens and clean hot ovens didn't think much more of it until he was later reading an article in the Financial Times which at the time it was before we joined the the EU or the EEC as it was, right. ironically, as we're going to be coming yeah. out of it now. But 
Um, at the time, it was it was during the ascendancy to the EC, and um, the article in the Financial Times was to do with commercial cleaning of, of, of commercial ovens, whereby if we joined the EC, how um, big commercial cleaners, uh, sorry, big commercial bakers like Hovis and, and right. Walls and people would have to uh, clean their commercial ovens on a more regular basis and it'd be regulated and, and things would come okay. in. So um, he looked at the uh, back at the advert for the exchange in Mart and the um, this advert had a cartoon figure in the advert and it, it was showing a lady spraying this this cleaner in this oven, a hot oven, and it said, clean your oven whilst it's hot. Right. Um, and he sort of thought about it and, and in the end thought, well, maybe if it can clean a, you know, a, a domestic oven, why could that same product not clean these big commercial ovens? And he was thinking, he was sort of 14 at the time, you know, so he was incredible. sort of thinking, thinking about and interested in lots of different things and just saw a, a potential opportunity or what he thought might be one. Um, so, uh, it, it basically, he, he wanted to contact the, ad, the number advertised in the in the exchange and advert to say to see whether he could he could get you know this this fluid and and um, his original thinking was to sell it door to door because right. he used to sell all sorts of things door to door mm -hmm. and it'd be out on the paper rounds and doing different things. So um, he felt well if if I can get the you know the, some of this cleaning fluid, I can add that to the things that I can sell mm -hmm. while I'm out and about. So that was the original thinking and with this sort of loose idea in the background of the, the sort of what, what would happen if we could do commercial cleaning. Um, so uh, that's sort of how it started, but he didn't have a phone, they didn't have a phone at home, they didn't right. really have anything, they didn't have a, a fridge or a carpet or, or sort of anything really. They were, um, and um, But there was a phone box on the street where he lived mm -hmm. and uh, he went to the phone box. Um, never used a phone so uh, he, it said dial 100 for the operator so he did dial 100 for the operator and the operator said what, you know, where do you want to call and he gave the number that was in the advert and the operator said that number's in America um, so um, anyway cut a very long story short yeah. because obviously it, it, it went on some time but um, basically he he uh, they, they, she told the operator told him how much it would cost to call this number in the states. Right. Uh, he went and got. He always had sort of money because he was doing things, yeah. and working, doing stuff. Um, so he went and got the change, and um, basically, he was now ringing this number in America. He'd never used a phone. Uh -huh. He was fourteen on a council estate in <laughs> Bristol, and. Um, <clears throat> You know, he's talking to the operator, and and she said um, she asked him at one point how old he was, right. and he sort of I think he said oh, I'm 19 or something, you know, but he, he didn't sort of say how old he was really. But he probably um, didn't sound 19 as well. No, I think <laughs> that was the clue. I think. But, um, so uh, so she, the operator said, well, if you get the money, I can. Um, you know, I, he said I don't really want the people knowing I'm ringing from from a phone box. Mm -hmm. You know, so. She said, well, if you get the money, um, I can dial the, uh, the number and then I can put you through and they'll just think I'm your secretary when, when they answer the call, which really? is what she did. Fantastic. Um, it was quite amazing, really. Yeah. And uh, so um, that's really what happened. Dad got talking with the people in the States and, uh, you know, they were, they were a commercial business and mm. they, they weren't about to sort of release their, uh, their, 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 their um, you know, um, 
information as to this fluid and how it was mm -hmm. made and everything and just send it over because he, he sort of said can you send me a sample and yeah and uh, so it, it, it went on and um, he got sort of chatting and, and got used to ring up and used the phone box really as an office basically mm. and, and put an out of order sign on it and sort of Fantastic. And, and used it as his office uh, essentially and uh, whilst he was was trying to get to know the people in America and mm. get ultimately get this fluid compound that he thought he could get the uh, mix it up in the tool sheds and in where he lived and get people to help him make it mm. and then sell it door to door um, so he, he he did that and he, he used um, he he, he, he worked out a way of preserving his capital, which was a sort of, I suppose, an, um, uh, an ethos we've still got in our businesses today, right. which is is to keep overhead at an absolute minimum. I mean, um, we run fairly substantial sort of operation, I, I guess now, and and but it's we run it in a in a very very um, efficient way. We mm -hmm. think in terms of not letting co unnecessary costs. Uh, get in the way right. um, with strong believers that that overhead unnecessary overhead is a killer really mm -hmm. for business and um, so uh, and what he did in, in that instance was he used to be ringing up America but it got quite became quite expensive because yeah, he was ringing and chatting with this guy and yeah. um, so he he realized if he rang at about 11 in the morning uh, the guy was ringing to speak to was always outside wandering around the yard having a cigarette break and a coffee <laughs> so he'd ring and the and the, the lady in the office would say oh you you know you always ring at the same time he's, he's out of the office so i have to get him get, so he got him to ring him back Brilliant. so he was <laughs> so he was sort of saving the Excellent. you know the, the, the cost of the calls and it was a you know in no in that early stages it was it was crucial so anyway long story short ultimately um he, he did and got involved in commercial cleaning business um and it basically he, he, he well, the business at the time was was known as easy clean and he, mm -hmm. he the name just came because one day he answered the phone in the phone box and um just answered it easy clean without <laughs> he, he said he just don't know where it doesn't know where it came just from came just, just yeah came Brilliant. to him and he answered it so um that's where it sort of started and he he grew that business that business uh, i think he sold for about, I think he sold it for £100,000 when he was 19. Wow. So at the time, it was obviously it was quite a while ago, so it was quite a lot of money at the time. And then mm. invested that in property because right. he read about, wanted to sort of see how to make lots of money or, mm -hmm. and get involved in things. And at the time, and, and even now, um, he looked and thought a lot of the very wealthy people are involved in, in property. Maybe mm -hmm. I should look at that. Mm -hmm. And uh, got, in, got involved in it from there. So property's kind of been the the essence really of the business although it isn't where we started mm. um it's very much at the core of our business now right. so um where we wherever we get involved in investing in other businesses outside of that whatever profits we make we always reinvest in property right um, they don't so necessarily have to be property businesses or, or no they don't i mean they i, I mean we we develop um, commercial and residential uh, across the UK mm -hmm. and we invest in strategic land and planning is our real um, USP I guess mm -hmm. is, is, is what we specialize in is, is alternative planning and um, but we do invest in other businesses we get involved in some startup businesses mm -hmm. um, we've uh, we've been involved in bakery businesses and uh, where we where we see where we can add value, mm -hmm. um, and that's quite often through connections, really, right. because um, we're certainly not specialists in 
lots of different areas of mm -hmm. business, but we do know a lot of people. And over the years, a lot of contacts, you know, in, in very strong positions. Mm -hmm. um, and it helps us open doors that aren't always necessarily easy to open. And, and, and that's why we get involved in different businesses. Cool. But the sort of core essence of the business really is, is our research, which, which helps us identify strategic land and other business opportunities where we see gaps and trends emerging. Okay. So that's um, it's something that's perhaps not you know known, that's known about us, yeah. but it's, some, it's something that we do, and it's it's very much at the sort of hub really of, of yeah. how we operate. And I guess that's behind the scenes, whereas yes. w when there's a development, you can see it. It's visible, yeah. you know, it's easy to say that's what we do. That's right. Uh, the, yeah. the research side is probably far more um, valuable in terms of allowing those developments to take place in the, in the right place. Absolutely right. For yeah, you're, you're absolutely <coughs> right, Russ. I mean, it's uh, it is. I mean, it. it we we identify opportunities. Mm -hmm. We work on planning over a period of time, and we develop as a as a subsequence really to those mm -hmm. things. Um, so, although we are property developers, we're not developers in the traditional sense that we'll you know maybe buy a building with planning permission and develop it. Um, we do do that on occasion, but generally speaking, we look at things in a in a long term strategic approach. So. Um, we take a 30-year view. Okay. Um, our business, we take a 30-year view mm -hmm. in terms of um, looking at land and planning, in terms of relationships, in right. terms of, of everything, because we, we plan for the long term. Okay. So we, th we uh, hopefully it helps, us, it helps us build relationships, but it also helps us, um, we don't always get it right, but we try and, if, you, if you're looking at things over a longer period of time, it's mm -hmm. easier to try and make the right decisions because yeah. you're not basing it on a short-term approach. Mm -hmm. um, so it helps us, you know, if we're looking at a piece of land and we're looking at planning, then if we're looking at it over a long period of time, it may be that we buy something with one idea in mind, the market changes, the world changes, mm -hmm. everything, you know, is... Yeah. is uh, Certainly, at the moment, we're obviously we're going through quite a you know some significant changes in yeah. the, all globally, really. And uh, but it, it gives us the flexibility, and then that's really what the time gives us. So. And do you think that's a a result of it being a family business? Is that you're able to take that longer term view? I think it probably is actually. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, we're very fortunate, really, in so much as. Um, we are a family business, um, but we're my dad and I are best friends. Mm -hmm. So for us, um, it we're we're lucky. We don't try and make it work. It, it for us, it just works. Mm -hmm. And I think with I would say with family businesses, it, it either works brilliantly well or it doesn't work at all. Mm -hmm. And um, we're we're lucky in so much as 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 we're very close in that way. Um, so I think it, yeah, I think it does help being a family business. I think it helps with longer term planning as well. So you're not sort of built the idea of sort of building a business that maybe you're going to be selling in, in, in two or three or five years time. Um, that, that isn't the way we, we look at things. Mm. Um, we look very, very long term. We try and do things, you know, quickly. We're, yep. we're a commercial business at the end of the day and, and, uh, you know, we, we get on with things as quickly as we can commercially, mm -hmm. but that might be tomorrow or it might be that it takes 10 years. Yeah. You know? and, and 
but it gives us that flexibility. And I think being a family business, it, it does help in that. Yeah. yeah. I think you picked up on a really important um, point there in terms of the relationship you have with your dad. Yeah. It's a very good relationship. Yeah. Um, I guess going back to the question as to whether it's an advantage being family, mm. I guess the two have to go hand in hand. If you're a family business and you get on well, great. If you had ambitions joining the business, right, Dad, we need to sell this within five years. Yeah. That's when some of the conflict and issues could. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think again, we're we're fortunate in so much as um, we've got a similar approach, I guess, to that. Um, and uh, I mean, in actual fact, I suppose it's a strength and perhaps a weakness in some ways, and that we're actually quite similar. Right. Um, it, you know, in a way, if. I think our strengths are are similar in terms of what we do, what we want to do, and how we, we sort of do things. So, um, although I'm more obviously more involved, uh, he's he's very very involved, but I'm probably more involved day to day with sort of operations of things uh, these days maybe than he is. Although, as I say, he's, he's certainly very actively involved. Yeah. Um, but we've got a similar uh, approach, similar way of doing things. We both like. Um, meeting people, okay. um, doing deals, and being out and about, and doing things, and traveling, and and, and putting things together, yeah. um, rather than doing the sort of the backroom stuff, which is very very important. Okay. Um, we we've got some good people with us doing that, but we have at times lacked in certain areas. Um, okay. I think because we've we've got to, you know as I say we do a similar a similar sort of thing, so mm -hmm. we're kind of always doing new new business and new deals yeah um and we we do it we do it i think quite 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 well most of the time thanks to some good support but mm -hmm. it is quite often trying to catch up with what we're doing so um i you know i think at times we've we've, we've lacked in that area being being honest you know yeah. so in <clears throat> in terms of that um structure and that support mm. around you if your uh, and your dad's strengths are in in a particular area mm. it, Firstly, obviously, it's a positive that you're recognising that, and, and it, it's not something where you mm. say, "Well, we're great at everything." That's just, that's <laughs> no, just we're definitely not great at everything. Um, <laughs> but how do you then decide how to plug those gaps? Because am I right in thinking you're the only one of your siblings involved yes, within right. the business? Yeah, that's right. And so, presumably, to fill those gaps, you then need to look outside of the family. Yeah, and that's quite an uh, intimidating prospect for some people because. There's an ethos, there's a value system, there is that 30-year outlook yeah. from your perspective. How do you um, balance that? I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think you're right, um, but it's, it's surprising. I think because, because the way we, um, because we do take a long-term view, people that come and work with us, I mean, we don't, I mean, we do have a core of, of, of people that work, you know, as part of our management, but... We don't really consider anybody's really working for us. We're kind mm -hmm. of working, they're working with us, working yeah. together to create a, a common aim, really. Mm -hmm. um, and um, uh, I think because of that, anybody that's working with us, we actually see as part of our family anyway. Right, okay. So, and I think, I hope anyway, that they feel that, mm -hmm. you know, and um, and I think they, I think they do. Mm -hmm. uh, so, it we don't sort of think, right, we've got a given project, we've got somebody we need to bring in for this project, and it's sort of short term. We, do, we just don't work in that way. Right. Um, and I think that helps, really. Mm -hmm. So well, I suppose we see it as, as things expand or a, pro a given project comes on stream, 
um, then that person that's involved sort of becomes part of our, mm-hmm. our wider thing. And, and, and uh, I think we've been quite fortunate. We've had a couple of, of, of um, situations with people that, where that hasn't really worked quite in the way we've hoped it would and maybe they hoped it would. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, I, I, it seems to sort of fit quite yeah. well. And again, I think it's taking that longer-term approach that mm. helps that. And know. I think that, that, that family value and, and that approach to, to everything, and it, it's not particularly hierarchical. Uh, and we, we were um, chatting um, off air, if that's yeah. the right term, <laughs> yeah. about your job title. And you're yeah. like, well, I'm a director, but I guess I'm the, the managing director, but we don't really consider yeah. it in that way. I, I'm imagining, um, because obviously I don't work in, in the fear group, uh, but, but it instills a sense of loyalty to the overall cause and, and not necessarily to you as individuals but but as to what you're aspiring to achieve yeah yeah well i mean i i think um yeah i mean we we you know I, the way i sort of see it is um you know from from my point of view i mean i, I obviously i i do within the business whatever is necessary to be to be done mm-hmm. um to make it run effectively and uh, <clears throat> But we don't we don't really see the need for. I mean, obviously, we have people they have job titles, but it, it's really a question of of having a, a sort of common aim to get to where you're going. You do need clearly defined roles. People do need to know where they are and what they're expected to do and and everything. But in actual fact, it's it's um, it, because everybody that's involved with us as a business shares in what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully that's profitable <laughs> and they share in that to you know a lesser or greater extent depending on 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 what it is mm-hmm. um what that does for for us and for them is it it's kind of self-pleases the uh for one of a better way of putting it really but self-pleases what we're doing mm-hmm. so if for example we've got a um something going on and we and somebody isn't turning up or they aren't pulling their weight then by and large it doesn't happen a huge amount because actually they've got a vested interest in what we're doing for Mm -hmm. a start but actually the other people who are involved in that will pick up up on it way before we will even because they'll be saying you know hang on you're not we're trying to create something here and you're not playing your part so Mm -hmm. um again that helps i mean we we've got a very strong um ethos in the in the business which is it's very similar to the to the john lewis um model in terms of part i mean it's not on the scale of john lewis but it, it, but we that's how we work mm. within within a series of partnerships okay. effectively so the, the people that are working with you on these projects are yeah. partners in yes. the project they share in the success of that yeah project absolutely. and therefore there is that natural absolutely inclination to try and make it work yeah best. absolutely i mean it, it's um you know it i think perhaps we 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 perhaps give away more than we technically i suppose need to at times um but for us it, it is about making money it is commercial business but it isn't only about that mm. it's uh it is about building something longer term yeah. and uh and also it's about enjoying your life at the end of the day yeah. and uh, you know it's it's the saying you know how, how you spend your days is how you spend your life yeah and it, and it is true mm. and when we all spend a, a, a huge portion of our lives uh working if you if you see it as work mm. but if you if you don't see it as work and you see it yeah. as part of your life and you can make it part of your life, mm. then it's a lot more enjoyable and it it means when, you know, when it's raining and it's cold and you don't particularly want to go and do something, if you like the people you're working with 
and you're trying to create something, it makes those those times easier. Couldn't so. agree more. And I, I often get criticised because people say they aspire to have a work-life balance. Mm. And <laughs> my personal theory is there is no work-life balance. It's just life. Yeah. And if you I see agree. it as two distinct things, then maybe go and yeah. do something. Else. Well, I know I, I agree. I mean, I, I yeah, diff- obviously different different things work for different people and it's subjective but I I firmly feel the same and 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 uh, to me if you if you've got something you like doing then you know it's only really work if you'd rather be doing something else yeah and uh, yeah you know, some people work at something they don't want to be doing mm-hmm. for as little as they can in order to get the money to, to do what they do want yeah. to do in the time off um, you know and that that that's fine, but I think if you can find something you like doing, genuinely like doing, then you know there's obviously aspects in anything that you mm-hmm. think oh, I've got to go and do that now. I yeah. don't want to do it. You know, everybody everybody faces that, and uh, but it, it it makes a big difference. And you you, you generally you know you, we only as far as anybody knows we're only on the on Earth once. Yeah. I mean, nobody really knows, no. <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and, and you have to enjoy it. Exactly. So, you know. Yeah, completely agree. So, so if we can <clears throat> go back, you, you've explained how your dad set up yeah. kind of the fear group and yeah. the amazing kind of, it's almost a definition of entrepreneurial spirit in, in the sense that he didn't have an office, so he went <laughs> and worked from a, a phone box. Um, and, and that was when he was at 14, 15. Yeah. Presumably that spirit has stayed with him yes and I'm interested in how that was for you growing up yeah but because you started your own businesses yes relatively young as well yeah with a similar entrepreneurial spirit yeah and I'm just sort of keen to understand the influence that your dad had while you were growing up yeah him having that yeah kind of enthusiasm yeah well I mean a a massive influence really uh I think I've been I mean I've been very fortunate in so much as um you know, I, I, my dad is very, uh, you know, he's been very encouraging all my life, really, in anything I've wanted to do, uh, including whether I would actually come into the business or not. Mm-hmm. Although um, I've all, I always, I think, it's kind of a natural fit, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, he's always been encouraging in that, in that way. So I think I've been fortunate in so much as I've grown up surrounded by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I used to sort of go to you know he'd go to board meetings and things and I'd sort of go as a kid and yeah. and sort of you know he'd have business partners and they'd say oh, you know you can't bring a kid to the sort of meeting and his attitude was well that that is what I'm doing you know yeah. and, and so I'd sort of <laughs> regularly be sort of playing with toy cars in the corner of a, of a, <laughs> of, a, of, a of a meeting room um I guess growing up and, and I suppose picking up on quite a lot just through osmosis mm. I suppose yeah um which you know, which which was great, and I so I'd always be out and about and and, and doing things, and I used to go with him at weekends out looking at land, mm-hmm. uh, and um, you know we we'd go out in the car, and and we had a dog, um, a, a spaniel uh, called Freeway, who who um, I absolutely loved, and he was called Freeway because he used to go everywhere in the car with us. Right. And, and um, you know, couldn't call him motorway, so yeah. <laughs> uh, called him called him Freeway, and uh, he'd be in the back of the the Range Rover and he'd be even so, he was in the car so much that even when we got home and opened the boot to let him out he'd just stay in the car yeah, this is where I live he, yeah he <laughs> was that's my bed in the back of the car so um, so we'd be we'd be out looking at land and um, you know I always I suppose that kind of always had a natural interest in in wanting to get involved in property mm-hmm. um, and it's still really my main 
love now, you know. Uh, but um, so I think, yeah, I think I was very lucky in so much as uh, I kind of had that that sort of uh, encouragement to get involved in things. And then when I um, when I was at school, um, I, unlike my dad, I did have a proper education. But although I didn't go to university, because mm-hmm. I, I was sort of in business and wanted to get into business, uh, but. Um, I uh, I started a a, a, biz- a small business. It was only a small business, but it was uh, basically I used to buy and sell mountain bikes and bike equipment, mm-hmm. and um, we used to send it send it off mail order and, and put adverts in bike magazines and and stuff. And it was profitable. Mm-hmm. And I used to do a lot of mountain biking, so mm-hmm. it was completely aligned to what my interest was. I could just see a way of making money uh-huh. out of it. All I could see was people around me buying. You know, expensive bikes and trying to see whether they can and stuff. And I thought, well, if if I can make money doing mm-hmm. this, then I can do what I want to do, and I'm making money out of it. And and I managed to do that. And, and so, how old were you at that point? Um, I would have been, I would have been fifteen. Okay, and yeah, did you consider it a business? As in, you you ran it in the way that you would now run a business, or was it a way of Making some extra yeah, money. No, it was it. it was it was a way. It started off. It ultimately became a business uh-huh. that was ran as a proper business. Right. But no, the short answer is when it started, it was. Uh, I, I I suppose I sort of stumbled on it in a way. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of was doing doing it, and um, I used to go to a lot of mountain bike races and things, and I could see an opportunity to sell things. And I thought, maybe so. I did a couple of small sales of things I was doing and, and made some money and thought, well, that actually paid for the weekend that I've just yeah. had okay. up in Shropshire mm-hmm. doing this this event. And uh, so instead of sort of everybody chipping in, trying to find m- money with petrol and stuff just to mm-hmm. get somewhere, friends, cars and things, I, I was in a position where I sort of made the money I needed to make. Mm-hmm. So um, that, I think, um, that's how it started, yeah. purely aligned to the interest I had at the time mm-hmm. and just as a sort of, uh, you know, way I suppose a lifestyle thing uh-huh. you would call it now, but that was that was what it was. Um, but then it sort of grew a bit from that, and um, and started making you know sort of proper money, and mm-hmm. and um, it, I just carried on with it really. Brilliant. So uh, and that you know that was I suppose my first real involvement in business was that it mm-hmm. was only you know as I say it wasn't a, a it didn't grow into a huge thing, mm-hmm. but it was. It was profitable, and, and and it grew from there. So I think it evolved really uh-huh. over a period. And and given your age and the fact that many fifteen-year-olds um, in in that position mm. would probably think the first place they would start if they needed some money for weekends away was, yeah. "Mom, Dad, can I have yeah. some money?" Whereas that that entrepreneurial spirit has been passed on, which yeah. has been far more valuable to you definitely at that time and obviously now in into the yeah. future as well yeah yeah um, and i think the other side of it is you mentioned the the sort of really valuable part of your business now is the the research development yeah that's effectively your was your role uh, as you were growing up with me you're going around and doing <laughs> well the, yeah the i guess so. yeah it, but it was in a way i mean we you know i'd be out looking at land and and, and i think yeah i mean i i you know i'd sort of find a site or find some land that I thought might work for something and I I mean obviously a lot of the things I was coming up with then didn't work mm-hmm. in terms of being viable development opportunities 
uh, although one did actually, but although, you know, generally speaking, he didn't. But um, what dad used to do was if I, you know, if I come up with something, he'd give me a couple of quid uh-huh. for for every sort of piece of land that I would spot and, yeah. and come up with. So I sort of, I earned pocket money, I guess, through doing that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that really helped as I sort of went on. I kind of was... I didn't expect, I mean, I was very fortunate. I make no, no bones about it. I've been, I've been lucky in, in, in many ways, um, growing up. But I think, uh, the main thing is that I've had, I've had my dad to bounce ideas off of mm-hmm. and to talk about openly cause we're, we're very close. And, um, you know, I was able to sort of had this sort of ethos of earning money rather than just being handed money. Yeah. And I think that, was really important because mm-hmm. um you know I, I know a lot of people that that were just sort of handed money and i don't think it's done any of them any good no. to be absolutely honest and uh i think you've got to learn to to understand the value of money and i, mm-hmm. I think it's really important and i think it's going on to a slight another subject uh really but i think it's something that isn't taught well enough in edge schools and education at the moment yes. entrepreneurial you know, without business and without enterprise and without understanding yeah. the way basic <clears throat> money management works, yeah. um, you've got a fundamental problem. It doesn't matter whether you want to be a dentist or a dog groomer or mm-hmm. a bin man. It doesn't really matter. If you can't control a budget and finances, ultimately you, you will have a problem yeah. in life. And I, I think um, maybe maybe the... Uh, not my place to say, but maybe the UK <laughs> government could do with looking at that a bit. Yes. Well. There's I, a bit, there's a bit, you know, it's, there's some fundamentals, aren't there? Yeah, and I think absolutely. if you, you know, if you don't, if you don't understand that, and I, and I don't know whether anybody does completely, but I think having a, a basis of understanding mm-hmm. is lacking generally yeah. um, in society and, and uh, you know, and even within some businesses, mm-hmm. I don't think, but I, I, I certainly, I certainly think I've been fortunate in so much as I've, I've been able to, Get, I got quite a grasp of that. I feel anyway, from my perspective, of it, mm-hmm. uh, at a young age. Yep. So, and, and I think that that, that hits on a, a really valid point in terms of uh, education around how businesses operate and how to make them function well. Um, obviously, my day job is a financial planner, so financial education in that sense yeah, of, of sure. how budgeting and money and money out works yep. for, for people is, is lacking in in a lot of cases. And that can be seen as a huge enabler for people. So, so at yeah. that young age, you had enough of an understanding of those things to be able to go and make a success of it. H- had you not had that level of understanding, you might have felt that's a natural barrier for me Definitely. to stop me. I've got an idea, but actually I don't know enough about how it works to, to kind of push that on and, and uh, encapsulate that entrepreneurialism yeah. uh, and, and make a success of yeah. it. So, no, I, I think that's right. I think, I think you... I think you don't actually need um, you don't really need a, a, a deeper understanding mm-hmm. um, necessarily to make something successful. Yeah. Certainly not initially, but you do need that basis of understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think I think that's that's the key really. Mm-hmm. And uh, but so so I did did that and then went on from there and was I was doing different things and different jobs and always yeah. working and, and doing stuff um, and. Um, I then went, I, d- I didn't want to go to university because okay. um, I really was running the bike business mm-hmm. um, and I just was doing other things and wanted to get involved in property. Mm-hmm. So um, 
initially, my dad, because of his lack of formal education, was and because I had the opportunity to go to university, he he didn't ever push me to, but he mm. did sort of say, you know, you need to think about it carefully because yeah. you've got an opportunity that that I never had, and a lot of people don't mm. get. Um, I know a huge number of people do go to university now, but you know that that, that he didn't have. And um, but I so in the end, what we did is is I said, well, look. I'm going to take sort of a gap year for want of a better way of putting it. And mm-hmm. in that gap year, I want to come and work with you. Brilliant. <laughs> so, okay. um, and uh, if it works after a year, then we'll see how we carry on from there. And if it doesn't, then I'll go to university. You mm-hmm. know? So that was that. And that was whatever, 15 years ago, whatever yeah. now. So, um, you know, it just worked for us. And um, so I worked on site and construction, doing mm-hmm. all the different trades. I worked through, I did everything. I never got around to plastering for some okay. reason. I don't know why. <laughs> but other than that, I think I've done pretty much pretty much all of it and um, and enjoyed it, actually. Okay. But, so I did that and then um, worked in state agency for a short period as well, outside of our business, just right. to gain some experience in, in that. And um, and then sort of came into property management and development and just carried on really from there. And it's just mm. it's just carried on from there. I don't quite know where the time's gone. Yeah. <laughs> so. well, they say time flies in your own fund. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. 15 years down the line, yeah. here we are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so so did, you mentioned it there, but there was no pressure from your dad on either side to say, right, you either join the family business or you go to uni. It was kind of, look, it, no. it entirely open to you. Yeah. It was always open. I mean, I, I think um, it was a kind of natural progression from being out looking at land mm. over the years for, since I was very young um, and um, going to meetings and things with, with my dad. So I think it was a, it was a sort of natural fit, really. Mm. And my natural interest in business, I think, um, made it that it kind of just worked you know mm. so there was no and I think as well because um, you know we've got as I say we've we've been involved in various different things over the years from soap manufacturing to bakeries to mm-hmm. all sorts of different yeah. businesses that we've had interest in and involvement in um, but the core has always been land and property and mm-hmm. it's something I've naturally had an interest in so I, right. I, I suppose it I suppose it was always a a natural fit. Everything really. was aligned for you to, to go into if it was yeah. a, a different business doing a different thing that wasn't so interesting, you, you'd have had the freedom to go and Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's, I think it's um, a shame when family businesses, when there's pressure on, uh, you know, next generations to join, join family businesses mm. if it's not something they want to do. Yeah. I mean, it depends how you look at it. In a way, you could say that a business is, if a business has been created by somebody else and you can step into that business, you're in a very fortunate position. Mm. But of course, it is still your life. Yeah. And if it's not something you want to spend your time doing, mm. then you know ultimately you've got to make a decision. And I think there are probably a lot of people in in very difficult positions where they don't feel they can say, actually, I want to go and be a lawyer when I should be running this you know brewery business or whatever. Exactly. You know, and that must be a very difficult situation. And I'm lucky I've not, I've not been being put in that situation mm. and uh you know business is it's 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 very organic the way our whole business has grown is mm. organic and um you know that's that's sort of the way it's gone really yeah and i think that's a, a really difficult conversation to have as well with uh, either from a parental perspective mm. saying to the kids actually we, we don't want you in the business yeah or, or we do want you in the business or for the yeah. child to say or say child next generation yeah. to say 
actually, mum and dad, I want to go and plough my own furrow and, and, yeah. and kind of do my own thing. Yeah. There can be a, a sense of pressure to, to remain loyal to the family business. Yeah. But one thing I'm interested in is whether, because, I mean, there's loads of diff, different definitions of family business out there. Yeah. Did you or your dad consider it a family business before you joined? Because well, um, that ethos has been there for... Yeah, I think so, actually. I think I think we did. I think it was, um, it, you know, I think so. I mean, it's, uh, we've, it's, I think the ethos has always been that of inclusion of, mm-hmm. of people within it anyway. So I think it, I think it has always been considered a family yeah. business, really. Yeah. Um, and um, you know we've we've got other family members that are, are do different roles mm-hmm. on a part time and full time basis right. within what we're doing, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, I think so. I think it's I think it's a, I think it's a sort of mindset almost mm-hmm. actually, as much as it is a a, a technical yes. thing if you like. Yeah, um, and it's just it's just sort of the way we've we've sort of always ran it. So, so yeah. our, our very first episode uh, was a round table. Um, discussion where we're saying when do you become a family business yeah because there's not like a sticker or a certificate you get you are now a family (laughs) business Um, and the the eu has something like 93 different definitions for what a family business depending on cultural and geographical things our conclusion (laughs) was generally if you think you are you are it's yeah. kind of almost self-defining. Um, yeah, I think that's um, right. And, and I think you, you touched on a really valid point there. Is it is a mindset. Mm. If you if you set up a business, I think this is all mine, mm. and this is all about me, and I'm the most important person, and I need everyone in here to elevate me. Mm. Then it, it perhaps doesn't feel so much like a family business. No, no. I think I think that's right. And I think um, I mean I think again where you know it's 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 great for for us and the way we operate is I it's because we it, we're very. I suppose we are very entrepreneurial in the way we operate. You know, we're opportunity um, led, really. You know, although we've got our core business and business, you know, core interests, but um, really, we're we're led by opportunity, mm-hmm. and we don't try and make something work in a marketplace that where it isn't wanted or doesn't yeah. work. I mean, we we you know we look for where there's the, the growth potential and the opportunity and. And uh, you know we're, we're very flexible in that way, which is why we keep our overhead to to a minimum. Uh-huh. And um, we, but I think being a family business, and I think, or at least operating in that as we feel and see it as a family business, I think gives you that flexibility as well. Yeah, yeah, it means that you can you can kind of make. It's not sort of this is this is the way we're doing it, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, and set in stone. Uh, or if you're going to change anything, it's a whole really huge structural process to readdress and management layers to change yeah. because of it. Um, we we don't work in that way. We work in a very entrepreneurial way where we, if we feel there's an opportunity that's come up, then we find a way of doing it. Mm. And, and uh, you know, we don't really have any sort of restrictions on on our thinking and the way we do things. And I, I think that I think anyway. Well. It's helped us survive this long, yeah. so I think it's, <laughs> and it's a pretty can be a pretty volatile space that you're operating in as well. Yeah, it's, you know, definitely. it's not a license to print money to go into no. that world. You have to work hard and, and get it right. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think quite often it's seen as um, I think you know, it, obviously you can be in a rising property market if you can get certain elements right. Um, you know, it, it can be very profitable, mm. and but you quite often see people getting involved in it 
that don't really know intrinsically how it works yeah. and think it's actually very easy because yeah. they see people just sort of seem to make money without actually doing any real work. And yeah. of course, like any business and in any industry, it isn't really like that. No, yeah, absolutely. You can have something go better than you expected it to and yeah. get a windfall you didn't expect maybe on something, but equally something can go against you. And, 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 and I mean, property is very, it's very long winded anyway, because of the nature of, of, of the way it is mm. and, and processes and planning and, and um, and the way it is, and of course, the longer time goes on, the you're, you've got political um, changes mm -hmm. and interest rate changes and all the other things that go on, and and you know you can uh, you can start a project with one. We've we've just done it now. We're about to change something, and where we've started the project um, seven years ago originally right. with one plan in mind, and we've actually got planning for that mm -hmm. that plan. 18 months ago but actually the landscape has completely changed uh -huh. now um, partly because of the situation coming out of the EU uh -huh. um, slightly to do with that and because it's changed we now need to go back and change what we're going to plan to do uh -huh. so so although we got there with what we were planning yeah. the world's changed around us in the time it's taken to Absolutely. do it so you know it's um, you have to and I think people get caught out where they don't allow enough time mm -hmm. um, and under uh, you know under underestimating the costs and time that, that you know it can take. So, yeah, you know. and again, I guess that's <clears throat> the benefit of having the ethos that you've got allows you to do all of that without the pressure of being. We need to turn this around to make a quick buck because we we're answerable to shareholders. Yeah. Or yeah, no, I mean that's right. I think uh, I think that's absolutely right. I mean we we um, we we set our own objectives and and and. Um, you know, we, we, we're naturally driven in the way we do things, I mm -hmm. suppose. So it's always, it has to be commercial because even a charity has to be run in a commercial way because yep. otherwise it, it's, it's not sustainable ultimately, in my view. Yeah. Um, but so we, you know, we do run things in that way. But equally, I think if, um, you know, if you, if you can take a slightly longer term approach, then it does give you the op opportunity to address things that are outside of your control, you know, because you can't obviously control mm -hmm. everything no. that's around <laughs> going on. So, uh, Absolutely. you know, you need to be as flexible as you can. And you've mentioned already you, you invest in um, other businesses where, where there's an opportunity, but you're also very, very generous with your time. I know you do sort of stuff away from <laughs> the business. You're doing this as an example. Oh, happy to. Um, and... Optimism, I think, is something that, that comes from the fear brand and yeah. the, the kind of fear group ethos seems to be very, very optimistic. Yeah. Well, is that an accurate kind of interpretation well, of... of I, I certainly hope so, and I appreciate you, you, you saying that. It's a kind thing to say. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, we are... Um, we're very realistic. Mm -hmm. We're not sort of you know, rose-tinted sort of view of everything in the world. But having said that, um, uh, yes, I mean, I, I believe I, I believe that anything is possible and, um, and most things are actually achievable if you, mm -hmm. if you think it through, approach it in the right way, take enough time to plan it um, and can see it as a, a vision of what you actually want to create. It is amazing what can be created, mm -hmm. I, I, I think. Uh, I think a lot of the time when... And we certainly don't get everything right by any means. I mean, we've had plenty of things not work. So it's, this isn't—I'm not saying this in a in a sort of way where I'm sort of making out we get everything right because mm. we definitely don't. But 
Um, having said that, I think if you can really see a vision of what you want to create and you've got a common, you've got people around you working with you to create that vision yeah. to become real, then uh, anything is actually possible. And so uh, whilst there's a lot of negativity and, 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 and misery and, um, and, and things in the world and that you, you can't bury your head in the sand from, mm -hmm. I think that it's very, very easy to get sucked into a lot of those things that are going on. And I think it detracts from actually creating something better. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm a big believer in you, you get more and more of what you focus on. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's a fact really. And, uh, if you, if you keep focusing on the things you don't want, then you'll get more of those. Yeah, absolutely. And if you, if you yeah. keep, if you focus on the things you do want, yeah. um, then, then you, you will get more of those. So that, that is what we do. And, and, um, we, we have a very, um, a very positive view of what we can do, but mm -hmm. we recognize our own limitations and, yeah. uh, um, you know, we, we try and bring in people to help where we, where we need to. And, um, we try and set realistic sort of goals really of, of what we're trying to create and do. But, um, but yeah, with a, with a, a sort mm -hmm. of optimism and the belief that things can be done. Yeah. Cause I think if you've got that from the outset, then you, you sort of, you know, you are halfway there yeah. without any doubt. And uh, my, um, there's a fantastic book um, called Progress. Um, I can't remember the, the name of the author, right? Um, but it effectively says something that I believe personally is: there's never been a better time to be alive, yeah. and the next best time is tomorrow. Yeah, and, and it's kind of. <laughs> If you look at the advances that we see in everything, yeah, there generally has never been a better time to be alive, despite the fact that there's doom and gloom headlines on one side for, yeah. for Brexit, as an example, and what's going on in the States and, and things like that. It's very easy to get bogged down with that, and, and particularly in business, where there's elements of um, the, the wider world that you can't control. Being sucked in by pessimism is very, very easy, and it mm. can lead to, as you say, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Definitely, of, definitely. Oh, the world's a terrible place. Yeah. You know, I might as well. I'm not going to give it my all today because what's yeah. the point? Is, yeah, know. absolutely. No, I completely agree. And it, it, it's, you know, it, it's not a question for us anyway, or, or for me as, as an individual, of, of ignoring the things that go on. There's a lot of things that. I mean, we try and help and we do certain things where we, where we feel we can help and, and, and make a difference. Um, but, you, you know, you have to recognize that you can't cure every problem in the world. But, you, you know, you can do you can do something. Everybody mm -hmm. can do something and, and, and it, it all helps. But I think the, the key is, is actually focusing on on creating something better. You know, and I, I think that that's that's got to be, it's got to be, what's the solution? I mean, if you, if you look at it in a business sense and you, if you've got a problem with a development, then you, you don't go in and you, you work out what the problems are. Mm -hmm. But if you keep focusing on the fact that the, the roof hasn't been costed, then yeah. you're not going to actually, what you need to work out is how you're going to overcome it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that spending your time and energy on that is, is what helps, you know, helps ultimately deliver what you want to do. And, um, it's uh, it's just using your time to the to the best of, of your of your ability, really. Yeah. I suppose Absolutely. that's what it boils down to, really. Fantastic. And um, <laughs> you're uh, I don't know your age, but you're a relatively young guy. Thirty four. Thirty four. <laughs> so you're you're thirty four, and and you the, the business has got a longer term um, view and, and outlook on things. Yeah. But do, do you have a clear picture in your mind as to what your future and what the future of Food Group looks like? Um, I think. Uh, yes, uh, I do. Um, I mean, 
I want us to well I, the overriding um, uh, thing really for me is for us not to lose the ethos that we've mm -hmm. got now. Um, you know, as things grow, it's 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 often the way with businesses that you know they start off with the sort of the founders sort of idea of how it's going to be, and they they grow into something that you know with no disrespect, but accountants and people get hold of and yeah. change the whole thing. Yeah. And it's kind of not, no longer the entrepreneur's vision. Uh -huh. um, so I think, I think more of the same in so much as how the way we operate, um, uh, we're, uh, for a long time, we, um, we used to develop a lot of residential units mm -hmm. and, um, and we, we had a team that specialized in listed buildings and sensitive historic building conversions and, and things. Um, but late, latterly, we've done a lot more commercial development right. and um, develop where we've had a tenant or an end occupier for a building, which, which we'll continue to do. But, I, but we are considering, and, it, and, and this is slightly, um, it's slightly changed in light of what's happening with the EU situation, mm -hmm. but, so we're not certain at this stage, but we, we're considering going back into residential development in okay. a bigger way. Yeah. Um, then, then we when we, we do it now, but in a in a sort of and create a a, a branded mm -hmm. um, house builder, really because everybody has to live somewhere. Properties got extremely expensive. More and more mm -hmm. people can't afford to buy. Um, not everybody should necessarily buy or yep. necessarily wants to buy. Mm -hmm. So therefore, there needs to be a better structured rental market yep. um, with with fairer. Um, fairer rents and a fairer rental model for longer term renters, mm -hmm. but it still has to be commercial. Yeah. So there's a there's a balance there which we're looking at as to how that can be addressed. Um, but there's an opportunity for you there as a yes. big organization and a profitable organization yeah. to, to disrupt that um, sort of landlord landscape, if you like. Because yeah. again, I'm not slating landlords here, but there is this picture that there's lots of people sat on a pile of cash and they're just reeling it yeah. in from, from people who can't afford to get onto the property yeah. ladder that there is an opportunity to disrupt that definitely yeah no I, I think I think I completely agree I mean I think that um, I think that people that don't want to or but through just through the flexibility or aren't able to um, buy um, they need to be in a situation where they can still feel that where they're living is their home. Mm -hmm. um, because if you feel that where you're living is your home and, and you actually got a uh, involvement in the, I mean, not everybody wants to get involved locally in things. Mm -hmm. Some people don't, some people do, but you should be able to feel part of a community, yeah. whether you own, own the property you're living in or whether you're renting it. And mm -hmm. um, I think there is a, a, I think there is an issue there. I mean, because we, um, own and I suppose control a, a fair amount of land mm -hmm. uh, that, that that's suitable for residential development. We're in we're in quite an un, well, not necessarily unusual, but we're in quite a good position in terms of being able to structure something of our own in that way that would still work commercially, so it's viable, but actually where we can make it fairer. So we're we're looking at detail. We're looking at various models. We're looking at models from the states and all okay. over at the moment. And just seeing if we can pick our way through to create a sustainable, profitable. It's easy to do it if you're prepared to subsidise the whole thing, yeah. and um, it become a charitable thing. But but our 
our ethos is very much that it has to be commercial, it has to work, mm -hmm. because ultimately charitable giving, um, the, chari the people that are giving that to charity, ultimately, without it being created somewhere, it runs out. Yeah. So it ultimately isn't sustainable. Mm -hmm. So in you know, in, unless there's a a sort of a, a, a source of, of funds that can keep yeah. it going. So we like to. It's like, it's like we're approaching it in exactly the same way we do with any business, where it has to stand on its own two feet. Mm -hmm. So we don't ever cross collateralize our our businesses. Okay. If something, you know, we we create entities for a given project and the project has got to stack up, it's mm -hmm. got to work, it's got to stand on its own two feet. Um, and I think, uh, but I, but I, so we are looking at that in detail at the moment and that would be the basis of, of, of what we would do with that house builder. Mm -hmm. um, but again, as I say, it's, it's something we're exploring now. So mm -hmm. looking at more, doing more things in, in that way as, as we go forward mm -hmm. um, and continuing our, our interest in in looking for opportunities worldwide as mm -hmm. they as they grow, because yeah, you, you know. are a global business. Now, yeah, we are you're absolutely. Not, not yeah, no, Bristol no. based. You're Bristol based. No, but you are a global. Yeah, absolutely. Product. I mean, we're we're Bristol we're Bristol based. Um, we've got a we've got a, an office here, but we so we can say and we started here. So, mm -hmm. um, but uh, but yeah, we 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 work where the opportunities arise really, mm -hmm. and again, I think that's I think that helps you. Um, you know, it helps if you're looking longer term. You can do that, yeah. and also helps if you, if you, um, you know, take the, the the sort of view that you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow in the world. Mm -hmm. But if you're not looking in one area, in one marketplace, in one city or town or where or re region even, mm -hmm. then it it spreads the risk really of what you're doing. And and aside from that, it's for us anyway, it's more interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And, and so with, with the longer term um, plan, you don't, yeah. don't have to share it if you don't want to, but has there sure. been any discussions around what they term as succession planning or business continuity planning? And I've not met your dad, I've, I've seen him speak, but, but I'm assuming he's not the kind of guy that just wants to slow down, put his feet no. up and <laughs> pipe and slippers kind of No, thing. no, I mean, I, I, we, we have discussed it. I mean, it's, um, I think... Uh, you know, he still does an awful lot mm. and probably does too much. Really, he does a lot for other people yeah. um, as well. And uh, I think that so as as, as time moves on, um, I, I don't think he'll ever retire mm. as such. Um, but perhaps do a little bit less. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, we um, you know, I'm, I'll do more. And we've got bringing people that work with us to yeah. to to sort of spread that load really. Um, but uh, yeah, it's something that we're looking in, looking at at the moment. Mm -hmm. How we're, you know, how we're going to do things going forward. But uh, but no, you're right. He's certainly um, he's certainly not likely to retire immediately. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think. He's, uh, <laughs> uh, the thing is, again, it's it, it, you know, it's if you, I, I said to him a few years ago, or maybe you, you know, maybe you ought to sort of slow down. And he said, well, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, he said, I, I don't play golf, mm -hmm. so. What I don't know what yeah. I, this is what I do. My you know, and we we do what um, you know, perhaps traditional business teaching maybe um, says don't do, and 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 that's mixed business and, and mm -hmm. pleasure all the time. Yeah. It's kind because of, it is it's linked. It's, yeah. it's it's just I don't know how you I don't know how you differentiate yeah. the two. I mean, if you're um, you know, if you're working with somebody on something, then 
over a period of time, you may well become friends. Mm-hmm. You, you, you may well have been friends before you start. Um, it might. Do, you, you just can't sort of cut it off. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't know how you do that. So we do that all the time, and uh, it's it's just as we were going back to earlier discussion. It's, yeah. it's life. It's you know, life. there's it's no just, work life balance. It's it, just life. It's, it's life. Yeah, I mean, Fantastic. it's. Uh, I, I think. Um, you know, everybody needs to sort of switch off at some point and, mm-hmm. and go and do something else. And and uh, I think it's it's healthy to do that. Yeah. But um, it's difficult if you really like what you're doing because mm-hmm. you think, well, I could go and switch off and do something else, but I want to be doing that. So, yeah. you know, it's um, I don't think there's any firm right or wrong way, no. but I think everybody's different. But, mm-hmm. so, and you've yeah. clearly found the way that works for you and your dad and the business. Yeah, it, it's yeah, I think so. Right. I think so. I think it. I think it does. And um, it's it. You know, you have to get you have to get that balance and 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 make sure that you um, you know people you can take on too many things mm-hmm. and and the danger is that you don't do them so well because yeah. you're trying to do too many things. I mean, that's one of the biggest um, uh, issues that you've got to watch. I think, or, mm-hmm. we, or perhaps we've got to watch. Um, you know, but um, but I mean, outside of that, you you know you know yourself what you can do and mm-hmm. and uh, I think. Again, taking a longer-term approach is is all actually possible yeah. if in the fullness of time. Yeah. So <laughs> you know. Completely agree. So yeah, brilliant. Um, so a couple of sort of quick fire questions. Yeah, sure. Um, you mentioned you, you and your dad are both avid readers. Yeah. Do you have a favourite book that you go back to? Yeah. Time and again. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Okay. Yeah. Um, and. Um, I mean that that's uh, I mean read all sorts of, of, of books but that's a book that stood out for me I mm-hmm. first read it probably um, when I first read it probably 15 years ago now I would have thought yeah um, and um, I think it's a I think it's a brilliant book mm-hmm. um, so yeah so that that stands out brilliant. that stands out for me and okay. um, yeah and if you had or could have one tip that you would pass on to other family businesses to, to help them thrive, is there one? <laughs> more um, than one? I think there's probably more than one. Um, I think it's that um, I think the fundamental thing in a family business is, and again, we've been fortunate in this, but I can see how it could be different mm-hmm. I think the, the key is if you're in business with your family or, or friends for that matter mm-hmm. um, is that the, the business always has to come first in terms of the business mm-hmm. in so much as it's got to be commercial to yep. be sustainable to be there but I think you have to be very very careful when you if, you, if you're going to be in business with family you need to know that you can get on and get through the difficult periods because and with friends because if the business goes wrong, then what you don't want to be doing is losing friends or, yeah. or, or a relationship with a member of your family because the business has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be that your relationship's strong enough to weather that. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily easy to know that from the outset, mm-hmm. but I do think that's key because it's different. If you're, if you're in business with somebody you haven't known very long and you've decided something's come together and you can do it, and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You can go your separate ways. You could live in different parts of the yeah. country or different parts of the world and do something different for the rest of your lives and never mm-hmm. even see each other again. Yeah. It's not very easy to do that if it's <laughs> if it's family no. or or a very close friend. So I think I think my my suggestion anyway for what it's worth to anybody that's thinking of joining their mm-hmm. family business 
um, is make sure that it's something you really want to do. Yeah. Um, because the, the passion that created the business in the first place, if that ultimately isn't continued through, mm-hmm. then um, it's going to cause frictions and problems and yeah. uh, you know, it won't work for, any, for anybody ultimately. That, I've seen it with you know, um, friends in similar situations. I've seen how, how it can sort of go wrong. So um, that, I guess, would be my view. Brilliant. Thank <laughs> so, you. Fantastic. And, and finally, where can our audience find out more about you and the Fear Group? Yeah, um, our website is www.feargroup.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we're on Twitter as well, at Leon Fear and at Fear Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, Stad's Twitter handle. Um, so yeah, um, Google, I guess. Really, yeah. Go- Google Start us and we'll, and we'll <laughs> we'll come up somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. So um, but yeah, that's 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 where to find out more about us if, if you want to. Yeah, and we'll link that up all in the um, show notes, and uh, we'll put this all out on social media and link you up in, in that as well. Great. Um, but finally, thank you again very much for your time. Thank you, really Russ. appreciate it. No, it's been great for coming to see us as no, well. That's great been good we enjoyed it thank you thank you that's it for this week we hope you enjoyed the show if you'd like to leave us a review please feel free to do so on itunes or if you want to get in touch you can find out more information at www.fambizpodcast.com we'll see you again soon